for the John Curley Sherry Elliger Show on this Monday. Hopefully, everyone had a fabulous weekend. Great to see everybody out there at the uh, Seattle Wedding Show, Sherry. Yeah. They let me go out and introduce the beginning of the fashion show. Oh. And uh, yeah. How were the dresses? Beautiful. I really look great. Great. I walked around with John for a little bit. It was like being with the Beatles. Yes. Seriously. I, I, I'm sure it was. Exactly all, like that. All the moms, brides are always like, I don't know who that is. is. Who is that? And the mom's like, oh, my God. I used to watch you when I was a kid. I'm like, ah, I'm a really old Beatle. <laughs> but I'll tell you one, one thing before you start the show. There was a moment they had all these dresses for sale, and there was this woman that was trying, young gal trying on these dresses. And we're staying there for a while, and she's trying different ones on. She puts this one on, and Nick turns to me and goes, that's a perfect dress for her. I said, that is great. And there was like, we were probably 50 feet back, but there was a bunch of people watching. So I yelled out, you look gorgeous. That, that is the dress. You look great. She turns around, not because I said it, and then everybody agreed. They all started applauding. She turned, look on her face, was like, oh my, this is so perfect. Not, again, not because I said it, but everyone else joining in. You really realize it's an incredibly magical moment where that's the dress that they want. It was really, really, that made, that was the whole weekend for me. It really was. That, that one moment, seeing that look on her face, you're like, yes, I feel this is my dress. And everybody cheering along. It was really kind of nice. I never expected to experience something like that. Did yeah, you feel I that mean, way about your dress, Sherry? I did like I did like both my wedding dresses. <laughs> oh, okay. You see, see, it's that type of attitude. Not no, welcome just, at the Seattle I, wedding I, show. I got I had two weddings, but I do think that that whole thing, uh, the the wedding stuff, is just it, it's a little careful, out of control. Careful, no, no, careful, no, no, but, careful. But, but it, it is truly a part time job for some of these young women just to have to make all the decisions and every yes. little detail matters. You know, I know yes. somebody that, that was measuring the size of the petals of the flowers to go on each table. I mean, it's wow. just the details are, I mean, I, I couldn't, I could not have done that and then had a job. It's just like, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was, um, well, I, I, I witnessed some of it. So it was good stuff. Let's drive into the news. Drive again. More Calgon. Okay, U.S. economy is quietly kicking. This according to MSN that if you've seen the stock market's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, inflation is not going up as fast as it was, but still going up. Uh, and the media was called into the White House around Christmas time. They went in there and they said, "Hey, guys, listen, you need to start reporting this correctly." Well, what do you know? The next day, they started doing stories on price of gas coming down, more American spending, consumer consumer confidence up. Come on, everybody. Get the word out there that things are really, really good because um, the economy is great and you're not reporting that and people still don't feel it. In fact, most people say the economy isn't good. So the media is doing what they can because uh, the Biden administration has told them, deliver good news for us. Tell the good story. So that's why you've noticed if you've watched the media recently, especially MSN, um, and any, even, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, Today Show, they're all doing stuff on how great the economy, but people don't feel it. So the Atlantic magazine wrote an article and it was, why do Americans hate a good economy? Um, I, um, I bought a uh, tin hat from Amazon, Sherry. So I have a new tin hat, which I'll take care of the tin hat 
discussion on the economy and how it's manipulated by the media. And even a little tease for you, a writer for Vox that congratulated everybody that was writing on the progressive side in 2017 and 18 for fooling the American people, fooling them regarding the economy. So they basically just show their hand. Well, uh, we'll have, will we be able to play the music for my tin hat uh, moment at 430? And anybody that wants to sort of jump in can be a part of it as well. Andrew, Absolutely. you think? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so um, do you feel the economy has turned around, Sherry? Do you feel better about it? Uh, no, I, I mean, I feel better about about the stock market, but inflation is still there. The prices of a lot of things are still continuing to rise and more unaffordable. I mean, Trevor and I went out to dinner on Saturday night, and mm -hmm. between the Uber ride and the dinner, it was 250 bucks. Uh, where did you eat? A, a Chinese restaurant. In D.C. Okay. But remember, they in D.C., they have a lot of service charges and it's a 10 percent tax on food. And the Uber ride there and back was, you know, 80 bucks. So, I mean, it, it just those are the kinds of things that start to that you really pay attention to because it was nothing to go out to dinner before. I mean, I'm not trying to be showy, but, you know, we'd go out to a lot of local restaurants because we have so many here. And now mm -hmm. it's so expensive. But you have to give the devil his due. And yes, I think that the economy is uh, in better shape than it was, say, around the pandemic, for sure. And and these economic things that, that, that Joe Biden wants people to highlight, is he still labeling that Bidenomics? No, they dropped that. They found out okay. that that didn't, that didn't test well. So October 2020, family of four would spend $238 a week at the grocery store. They're now spending $315. So there's been an increase of 32%, but your paycheck hasn't gone up. So mm -hmm. people are feeling the pinch uh, every single day. They go to the grocery store every time they're filling up their car with gas. So, But the White House needs people to believe that things are really good, even though, well, just see how the media spins it because they want you to feel as if, no, the economy's great. We don't want to switch horses in the middle of the stream. Um, the horse, by the way, I think demonstrated over the weekend has dementia. If you watch any of the speeches that uh, the president of the United States gave, I'm sure folks in Iran are going, well, this will be easy. They made uh, more than 150 attacks on U.S. Uh, forces um, throughout the Middle East since October 7th. They've been firing rockets in. Um, we've lost, I think, two or three Navy SEALs that lost their life. And then over the weekend, three um uh, it was funny. The, the White House press secretary had trouble identifying them, kept calling them folks. But three uh, fighting men lost their lives in the attack there in Jordan. 30 were injured. And now the ball is back in the court um, waiting for someone in the Biden administration to do something. They say they don't want to go to war with, a, with Iran. Um, so they don't want to escalate. But that's exactly what Iran wants. So at some point, you have to do something. You have to hit them very hard and stop them. Because if not, if they fire off and hit three, injure 30, you just take a little shot at them. They'll do it again. They want to escalate. That's exactly what they want. And they want the whole Middle East involved. They want Jordan. They want uh, 
Yemen, they want Gaza, what if Gaza has any missiles left over, to fire a few things out into the Red Sea, or at least Iran to be able to go after. So the Biden administration, let's be honest, Joe Biden is in no state to make any sort of decisions. The commander in chief basically is void of the ability to, one, think rationally and to communicate clearly. So I don't know who's in there pulling the strings, but they're going to need to do something fairly quickly. Uh, Lloyd Austin is back on the job and for for whatever that's worth, um, considering he really didn't. Uh, wasn't very forthcoming about his condition. I heard okay. something interesting today about the Navy SEALs that died. Two of them died, and they both drowned. And somebody was saying they don't buy that at all, that, that it was a drowning. They think that they something else happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the thing that happened in Jordan was they had turned off their their missile detection or whatever it was because they had a U.S. drone coming in. And they happened to know that, and that that's when they struck. And yes, three died, 30 were injured. Um, several of them, eight of them, had to be evacuated to a more of a trauma hospital. So, how do you how do you do this without escalating it? How do you do you how do you attack the proxies? Do you go right after Iran? Do you just do this with money and cut them off at the knees with 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 funding? It, in the Red Sea, there is an Iranian spy ship. You blast that thing out of the water. That thing should be at the bottom of the, the ocean of the sea. Remember when Trump was in there, and I understand a lot of people hate him, but remember when he went in there and did a drone strike on an Iranian leader, and then the next day they said, well, that was too much. The media was saying, oh, that was way too much, mm-hmm. way too, you know, you murder. beyond murder, right? And then I remember, I think it was a post of the Times or whoever it was, described the guy as, uh, I forget how they described him, like this brilliant uh, professor or something. Yeah, he was a terrorist. He was he knew how to kill Americans. And they the drone strike went in there, hit him. They thought, well, oh, 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 oh now it's going to turn into this great big war. Well, I think at that point, Iran was like, eh, let's not mess around for a little while. They actually, they've taken the measure of Joe Biden. They realize what they can get away with. They'll just keep pushing and pushing. It's sad but true, and unfortunately, it's for the men and women that are at the front lines. They are the ones that are going to be most vulnerable um, to the uh, weakness of the man in charge. The fact that Ben Shapiro has finally, uh, he used to make fun of rap songs all the time. He never thought it was worth anything. Mm -hmm. He always busted on rap. Well, now he has a song. He's rapping, Sherry. You didn't see him rapping, but he raps. I I, I heard it. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) What? It's not very good. I, I don't hey, think it, the, I uh, think it's number two right now. I don't know. I don't. Chart, I, don't right? I don't follow rap. Listen to me. I don't. I don't follow rap music. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think. The, I didn't think the overall song was that bad. I thought it was. It was okay. But his part's a little awkward. Dear Casey, as a conservative guy who wears a yarmulke, ever written a ever sang a rap song? <laughs> well, the answer is yes. Listen to the stats. I've got the facts. My money like this, and my pockets are fat. Don't be a whap, dog, it's a yarmulke, homie, no cap. Look at the graphs, look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You going to prison, I'm on television, dog. No one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke carrots. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki Tick. Ooh. I make money off compound interest. You all live with your parents. 
I just did this for fun. All my people download this, let's get a billboard number one. This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes. We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose. We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles. We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes. Hoes. Oh! Where are they on the charts right now? They say they're getting blocked, Sherry. Yeah, I, I think this is a marketing ploy. Um, Tom McDonald, who's the rap artist on this, said that they are not getting the appropriate amount of, of exposure that they need. Um, he says that it's it's because they're conservative. It says this is how the music industry screws independent artists. Whether you like me or hate me or think my music is awesome or think it's trash, I don't care. I just dropped a new video and a new song called Facts. TuneCore, a distribution company for independent artists, refused to release the song because of lyrical content. What's and, the lyric that they don't like? Well, he had a screenshot of this rapper called Megan the Stallion. Oh, Megan that's number the one Stallion. right now. Yeah, and yeah. it says that um, I, I she's number she's number uh, she's in the top spot there at number two. And uh -huh. the video has had a, more than a million views, more than hers, at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's controversial. That's what yes. they're saying. And they don't uh -oh. want it. They've got to bring the tin hat out for that one as well. I listen to Megan, whatever her name is. The, what is it? The, the steer, Stallion. The <laughs> stallion. Who I? Joe would be like, uh, I, can't, I can't cut out all the curse words because yeah. the first... For 15 seconds, just it's brutal. But um, now Ben Shapiro officially has a rap song. And it won't be played on AM radio if Congress has its way. <laughs> this is according to the Wall Street Journal. Finally, it looks like car companies are listening to remove AM radios again from Congress. Who could possibly save it? This is a story. It's a here we go again. Um, the car companies are saying we're going to remove AM radios. And in fact, te uh, Tesla, um, Volvo, BMW already stopped making cars with AM radios. The industry's people say, look, this is a safety feature and there needs to be some kind of posting on the window or the sticker or whatever it is um, that says this car does not have an AM radio. Because yes. that is a very distinct feature, and it is a safety feature. Um, and they, they got a petition together, and there were tons and tons of people that sent this out to Congress saying, please don't, please protect AM radio. There's and all, all the letters were handwritten, right? Well, they were handwritten <laughs> or, or, or carved out on a tablet. <laughs> there was, it was their quill pens. The reason it's a safety thing is because if you the FM goes out, the AM, you can still get that. So if it's some sort of emergency or whatever, or you see the signs on the side of I-90, you know, for road conditions or for whatever, you can go to like 6, 630 AM. I think mm -hmm. that's or whatever it is. And you tune it in and it's just just repeating thing. This is 630 a.m. And then they just give you the road conditions, explain it as some sort of problem. So it's there for a reason. And they're saying if it's if you lose the a.m., you're going to lose the the ability to communicate quickly with people that then don't have a.m. radio. Well, four four hundred thousand people listeners have emailed or called or sent messages saying, you know, please protect this uh this precious thing that we have called am radio do you ever work for am joe nope never oh, 
Sherry? Oh, yeah. Could, could, <laughs> yeah, could you sound any less excited? <laughs> no, I, know. I, huh? I mean, no, but when I worked for them, AM radio was a thing. And um, in Baltimore, the AM radio station was a huge news talk station. But then they, they finally got an FM signal and, you know. Yeah. Why, did you work for an AM radio station? Nope, never done that. No, 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 no. Oh, well, there's still time. We got two okay, here in the yes. building, right? The sports yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, KTTH. There we go. Okay. See them at the Christmas party. Yep. Uh, they're the ones with their pants pulled up very, very high, right? <laughs> <laughs> He writes to us at MyNorthwest.com. Come on in. Buckleshoe Casino Resort. Text line one 973 I don't even walk on music for Brandy Cruz. She is the first thing that comes up on my Instagram every day. Beautiful Brandy Cruz. 37 pounds lighter. Stirring the pot. But undivided. Well, here it is. Well, there it is. Right. There are words to this? I don't think so. She's Brandy Cruz. <laughs> now there are. And <laughs> divided. And Nicole Thompson does the work and Brandy tells them all she's undivided. What, what happened to the music? <laughs> it's only 20 wow. seconds long. I've only got seconds right, of it. Done. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry. Just killing you over there. I don't even hey. know if I'm on yet. I'm back here laughing. I don't even <laughs> hear me. Uh, hey. The Cruz, uh, I see the call to action. Eight hundred. This says this is at your Instagram. Eight hundred thousand voters signed at least one of these initiatives, calling for all hardworking Washingtonians to demand that elected leaders listen. It is their duty. So this is the thirty-first at three thirty p.m. What's the plan? The plan is to go send a message to lawmakers that not only is it the right thing to do for the 800,000 plus Washington voters who supported, as you said, at least one of these initiatives, but you're also constitutionally bound to do so. Our state constitution says that initiatives to the legislature must be, shall be a top priority above everything except budget. So obviously you get the budget done, but everything below that, what we've seen is them completely ignore all six of these initiatives so far. They haven't scheduled any of them for a hearing. Um, and meanwhile, what are they doing? Well, they're, um, oh, I don't know, trying to give Gary Ridgway the right to vote back and pushing other you know, critical bills like that. And so we're going to um, gather on the steps of the Washington State Capitol to talk about the importance of, at the very least, giving these bills, or giving these initiatives a hearing. They don't have to pass them. I don't think they're going to pass them anyway. Um, right. But I, I don't think that they should um, look down their noses at the Washingtonians who took the time to sign those initiatives and who have an expectation that the legislature will give them serious consideration. I think it was last week the Republicans said, uh, as you know, we are constitutionally bound to address these first before anything else. And I think they put something up for a vote saying, OK, well, let's address these. And I think it just went along party lines. So it looks like the Democrats are not paying much heed to the Constitution, which is your first bit of business is to this. So when you are down there protesting and reminding them of, of the, the work that is in front of them, why do you think it is that they're not taking this up and they're they're defying the Constitution, the state of Washington? 
Well, and it's not even just in not giving them a hearing. Throughout the whole process, they've been undermining it. I mean, look at what the Washington State Democratic Party, SEIU, Fuse Washington, which is a progressive organization. Look at what they did while the signature gathering was happening. I mean, they had they were running a snitch line to report signature gatherers. They were sending out people to harass them. Uh, there was a bill this year that was bipartisan that had the support of the Secretary of State's office that would give a reasonable buffer zone around signature gatherers to protect them from harassment. The same way we put a buffer zone around ballot drop boxes. You had mm-hmm. Democrats um, and, you know, the ACLU and SEIU, um, you know, saying that they're opposed to it. And we've never seen this sort of attack on the initiative process to this extent before. I mean, the, right before the legislative session started, House Speaker Lori Jenkins said she's saddened by what the initiative process has become, said that you can have some rich person who wants to buy their way onto the ballot. And not only do I think that that's ridiculous because very rich people supported their gun control initiative in 2018, and she didn't seem to mind. Um, but mm-hmm. also, I think chalking this up to one guy who has a lot of money who's trying to bow, buy his way onto the ballot is really disingenuous when, again, there were 2.6 million signatures on these things, 800 unique uh, voters. But the bottom line is they're not giving them a hearing because it unwinds their policy. And they would risk, I mean, first of all, they could give them a hearing and just sit there and take the L, you know, and have voters come in and tell them how bad this is for them. But what I think that would do is it would make it really hard for Democrats to continue to push this narrative that this is about rich people who are trying to avoid attacks on capital gains. Because what you're going to have are working class people who come into those committee hearings and they talk about how they've been devastated by the impact of the Climate Commitment Act and increase in gas prices, how they can't afford to get by. You're going to have small Mm -hmm. business owners who've been victimized because of the police pursuit policies. And so even if you give them a hearing and you don't ever intend to pass them, I think they know that it will dramatically undercut the narratives and the lies that they're pushing about the initiative. So, Brandy, if if for some reason they don't do the hearings or if they do and they continue to sort of uh, diminish this uh, whole cause, What's the next plan? How do you get the marketing going to make sure that you get the votes? You've got got the ballot, but you need the votes um, in November. Yeah, and I, I mean, I fully anticipate that they're not going to take action on any of these initiatives. Um, I think they would smart be smart um, in an important election year where you're going to have a close race for governor to pass a couple of these things, if not for any other reason than to keep them off the ballot. Because a couple of these things, Jerry, they're just, they're, I mean, first of all, I think, voters will pass all of these because we've yes. seen historically when there are tax issues on the ballot in statewide races that it doesn't go well for Democrats. And they know that. And that's kind of why they're panicking. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know that you have to do a whole lot of marketing to get people to want to lower gas prices, to get people to want to improve public safety. There are a few of them. I mean, first of all, the campaigns are going to be really disingenuous. There's going to be a lot of gaslighting going on. And I think it is important for Let's Go Washington, for Future 42, uh, which are, you know, backing these initiatives um, now that they're in the legislature. I think it's important for them to combat some of those narratives about the, oh, this is about one rich white guy. No, this is about 800,000 voters, which is like, what, one third or something of of our entire uh, actually electorate. Um, But, you know, so there'll be a bit of that. I will also say a lot of money is going to be spent on it, which is also kind of a wonderful thing, because in 2024, I mean, you only have so much money, right, in, in the war chest to go around. And Democrats have a lot more than Republicans. But instead of putting all of that on, like, Bob Ferguson or whatever it is, they're going to have to spend a lot of money in the special interest groups and in the union. They're going to have to spend a lot of money trying to defeat these, uh, which mm-hmm. I also kind of love. 
Yeah, they, they, but the problem, Brandy, will be somebody has to, if you imagine it like cannonballs firing back and forth, someone has to buy some cannonballs on the other side. I don't think Brian Hayward wants to write another check. I mean, certainly he doesn't want to see the $6 million that's spent to, to collect all those signatures go to waste, but someone has to now come up and finance because there will be an onslaught talking about, you know, how the, you know, image of you know brian don't let rich millionaires get off you know give money to the children and send it to the schools right those ads are going to run and if you don't run something on the other side then you could probably have these things get defeated there uh at the ballot box so where's the money on the other side come from well, that's a good question. I mean, I know people can, I know Let's Go Washington is accepting donations. I don't know if they'll get involved in the active pushback against that. I'm sure there will be some political action committees that form on the other side to try to prop these up. But I mean, if you're explaining you're losing in politics and the the sell for the pro-initiative side is much easier, in my opinion, than the sell for the anti-initiative side. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that's one. That's why we have people like you guys, people like me, others who are trying to go out there and set the record straight about how many lies are already being told about the initiatives. But I think it's also word of mouth. I mean, you already have, right, 800,000 people who signed at least one of them. That's a lot of people. And yeah. they're talking to their family. They're talking to their friends. This is really an unprecedented exercise in democracy, what we've seen. It's getting a lot of a lot of media attention. Hopefully the media does its job to not just, you know, lazily share talking points from the other side that simply aren't true. I mean, I don't know that I have a lot of faith in that, but uh, hopefully they do. So we'll see how vicious things get um, and how many lies are spread. But the nice thing is, you know, I got a push poll to my phone the other day, which, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm sure your listeners know, but a push poll isn't actually to get your opinion on something. It's to put an opinion in your brain, right? It's to influence how you think about something. And this particular yeah. push poll, I don't know who paid for it, but it was testing those attack ads. It was basically testing like, you know, here's what people say against these initiatives. What do you think? And it was this yeah. crazy, you know, oh, rich white mega Trumper is trying to do this. So, you know, we know what their attacks are going to be. We know they're going to be disingenuous and, and we're ready for them. Right. I listen. If I they called me for advice, you wrap all of it around Donald Trump, right? You have him <laughs> yeah. be the boogeyman. You know, law and order. What does that mean? Well, that means you know. So that gets rid of the police pursuit, um, and then you just have him be the giant shadow that is cast upon all of these initiatives, and then you just well, I hate Trump, and is Trump somehow? Well, he must. And the person just goes no and no and no and no. They're going to have to come up with the money on the other side, because I do think most people see it as reasonable. The police should be able to pursue people that are racing away. That's why we have more people that have been killed on the highways. We also know that this climate change stuff costs us, the taxpayers. It's not being collected and, and paid for by the oil company. So all of it, everybody, it's all common sense stuff. Um, so hopefully the, the money is there. Um, Brandy Cruz, thank you. Undivided. Highly recommend you follow her there Instagram and uh, watch her show. It is fabulous. It is concise. It is beautifully told. The stories are compelling always. And I, what I love most about it is your song. <clears throat> and I think it goes a little something like this. <laughs> Andrew, if you will. She's Brandy Cruz. <laughs> She uses the saxophone, they haven't used those since the late 80s. So they were on sale. Thanks, Brandy. <laughs>
That was beautiful. 3.30 on Wednesday. State Capitol. Be there. Bye there. All right. Thank you. I actually think you've given them a good idea, John. If they start calling these the MAGA initiatives, then oh, they yeah. label them label them right oh. away and they become, Ooh, yeah, scary. It's just, people get too wor- worried about it. Here we are. Here we go with the John Curley Sherry Elegant Show. A woman's house is vandalized, Sherry, mm-hmm. and it's breaking her heart. All I can hope for is that she has a thick New Jersey accent. Is she Italian? Uh, no, she, I, I don't know if she is, but that uh, hurts no, my heart not. quote is yeah. actually yeah. from a pepperoni dealer. <laughs> oh, so. WPIX has the story. It's a meat mystery. What is this? <laughs> okay, this is going to be a series of like puns and like um, other just meat references. What do you think? If there is, Andrew, can you get the little bell out to see how clever this writer is? Uh, I have a bell, but what's the bell for? Sorry. Uh, you know, anytime somebody sort of just sort of throwing something out there, like a pun, like, you know, oh, or meat like mystery, alliteration, or something like that. Something, yeah. Okay, I'll be, yeah. I'll be paying attention. There we it's go. It's a meat mystery. What is this? <laughs> like, I'm on camera, so I can't say the words that I exactly used, but what is this? Heather Doherty says she woke up Wednesday morning to what she thinks is, of all things, pepperoni. From the door to the edge of the porch and then strategically placed down the stairs to the driveway nothing on the driveway and then four slices on the hood and four slices on the trunk she's lived in manville all her life including 16 years at her home here on south street she said her home's never been vandalized before not even on mischief night we're trying to figure out who goes around with two loaves of pepperoni and a knife in the middle of the night and cuts it up into slices and throws it on people's property like you have nothing better to do with your time. <laughs> she called men. I was just going to ask her the same thing. Do you really think this is? I'm moving to Manville, New Jersey, because it's the lowest crime rate. I mean, if you see the pictures, which I know yeah. uh, you can't really do, it's not that much. It, there's not that much pepperoni. I mean, four slices on her car. Ooh, get the <laughs> special crimes either. unit. She, you know, she really cracked herself up. Hold on. You have nothing better to do with your time. <laughs> She- <laughs> Sounds like Joe's laugh. Call <laughs> <laughs> Manville police to let them know what happened. She says she's worried the grease from the meat sitting on her car could ruin the oh, yeah. paint. <laughs> Something that one local body shop says sounds strange, but is possible. Pepperoni can no damage a car, a paint, you know, if you don't see it for a really long time. You know, can damage it if it is, and especially if it's a hot day. As an Italian, it hurts the heart. Just give me a slice of plain and a white. Spending a lifetime in the business of pepperoni, owner of Manville Pizza, Anthony Daniello, says the meat looks larger than the kind you'd use on pizza. Oh, okay. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> a pepperoni specialist. Pepperoni detective. They said well, that reporter. Now, now, we, now we're able to, we're going to start to narrow down the suspects. <laughs> Hang on. Certainly of the family of pepperoni salami. Oh, it's in a pepperoni salami fla- family. But, you know, it's, you know but it's, it's, it's the larger of the cousins. Um, exactly what one I can't be certain. It is funny. However, it's wrong. It's wrong. You should not be trespassing. You should not be vandalizing people's properties. Like, you know, I mean, I even made a joke and called them the pepperoni bandits. Whether it's a bandit or bandits, Doherty can't help but smile over something this bizarre. Good luck to the bandits. 
she laughed at the last one. I'm joking. Yeah. Okay. You could have come with Darn something it. more original Andrew, than Andrew. pepperoni oh. bandits. Why don't you call yourself like the... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, see? Couldn't come up with anything, could you, Sherry? Miss Professional Broadcaster. I, I could I could have. <laughs> Andrew, but, I like Andrew. Oh, I like Andrew saying at the beginning of the thing. Oh, I'll, okay, then I'll pay attention. What do you mean you're going to pay attention? <laughs> of course, you're always paying attention. Uh, it's, extra, it's extra attention on it's top extra of the bell. attention already, uh, right. already you have to pay. Yeah. Oh, oh. I wish I had some pepperoni right now. I'd leave it on your hood of your car. I'd eat it. Uh, Sounds good. Oh. Th- oh, wow. I don't want to say.